On today's edition, the athlete who last month almost decided not to go to Tokyo. It's Mark Shardlow here. Thanks for listening. And this is the last of the regular interview series with the Paralympic Games starting. Check out the BBC and Channel 4 website and others for all the results and reactions at the Games. But thank you so much for your support since January. My final guest is Libby Clegg, a blind runner, double gold medal winner in Rio, who captured lots of hearts on skating on ice at the start of last year. She's a mum of toddler Edward, partner to Dan Powell, who's in the para-judo team in Tokyo. Her brother Stephen is in the para-swimming squad. Her other brother James swam at the Paralympics in London 2012. Well, Libby has had a bit of a wobble over the last few weeks, as she revealed in our chat. She struggled with motivation with a lack of events and was called by head coach Paula Dunn to confirm that Libby hadn't been selected for the Paralympics last month. But Libby has made the team as a reserve and she so doubted her place that she felt she should pull out. All in this revealing 10 minutes, a story that Libby hasn't told before. But before all of that, Libby told me how she was feeling to be actually in Tokyo. Do you know what? I'm actually pretty surprised, Mark. <laughs> I am relieved at the same time as well. Um, but yeah, no, I for a number of reasons, I wasn't 100% sure that this game was going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's great to be here. And I wonder, does the extra year benefit you though? Because obviously you became a new mum in 2019. For me, it's definitely been a bit of a hindrance after dancing on ice I in 2020 I was in really really good condition I was ripped Mark I was in good shape <laughs> I saw you <laughs> and um I knew that after Tokyo that I was you know gonna call it a day on the track so for me having the motivation to go on an additional year I've really really struggled and I've missed my training partners I've not really been able to train with my usual squad it's been really difficult to motivate myself when they've not been there. And yeah, for me, it's just a bit of a year, a year too long. But, you know, I'm here now and I'm not where I would like to be, but I'm going to put my best performance down for you guys. Yeah. What do you mean you, when you say you're not where you'd like to be? I mean, I've been injured this year. I've mentally struggled to motivate myself, especially when in the press has been lots of like, it's happening, it's not happening. It might happen. It might not happen and all this stuff it's just it's been really like difficult to sort of get my hopes up and then when competitions have been cancelled it's really been quite demoralizing um because I love competing nationally and all my international competitions got cancelled in like April May and yeah I'm just not in the best place that I'd want to be I'm mentally actually in a really good place but physically I'm not in the best place um that I want to be but you know it is what it is now how have you mentally got over the line then do you know it's really interesting and I had a wobble. I'll tell you about Mark was, you know, we're friends. I can tell I can tell you what happened. Basically, I did not get selected in the first round. Well, not in the first round. In the final round of the Paralympics uh, team selection because I have not performed very well this year. I've ran quite slow. So not where I would normally be. And I'm on paper quite far out of the medals this year. And... You know, I, I'd actually come to terms with the fact that I, I've got a phone call. Paula very kindly rang me to let me know that I'd not been selected. And I really appreciate her doing that because, you know, they don't have to. Um, and she called me to tell me that I wasn't selected. And I felt OK about it. I wasn't particularly upset or not upset. And I think, you know, in my heart, I know that I, I've not really performed that well this year. So I know that, you know, I know I'm not in the best shape. Then 
I found out that was the first reserve for the female. So I was like, oh, okay, it's, you know, that that's great. But, you know, I wasn't going to appeal or anything. And then the next day in the evening, I found out that I was going, an athlete had um, wasn't going to be able to compete and that I, I was selected. So I was then really happy, but like, I don't know, I just felt a bit weird. And then I felt like, oh, I don't know if I should go because I don't really know if I deserve to be there. And then I had a bit of a meltdown um, because I didn't know whether I wanted to go and just sort of be there and not be able to pull out the gold medals that everybody expects me to do. And then I thought about it a bit more. I actually had a meltdown and rang the team doctor that was in Tokyo at the Olympics at the holding camp. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, I spoke to him and then I ended up speaking, speaking to my sports psych and I told him that I was having a meltdown and I didn't know what to do. And he was super helpful. He told me to write my pros for going and my pros for not going. And then next to that list to write down which ones were my values and for me, the decision for me to come was that I wanted to be here for my teammates and support them in whatever capacity I could. I wanted to be here for my brother to watch him hopefully win a medal. And uh, I just wanted to come here and just enjoy the experience. And for me, I know that this is going to be my last athletics event. And I thought I might as well go out and at least try and do my best so and put my best performance down so yeah it was a bit of a whirlwind of a week because I just had quite a lot of mixed emotions and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do and I didn't know what would be best for the team whether me being here would be good for the team or not so yeah I eventually decided to come obviously for different reasons oh you're making me quite emotional here Libby uh, and that's oh pres- sorry <laughs> that's right presumably this is in the last few weeks is it yeah yeah this is the last few weeks so I think the team got announced on the Wednesday and I got announced with the rest of the guys on the Wednesday and this happened on the, the Monday, Tuesday was the non-selection and then the selection and then the Friday, Saturday, Sunday was me having a meltdown. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my my psych very kindly answered the phone to me on a Saturday afternoon. Um, so yeah, and yeah, just I thought, you know, it's really strange because I think as athletes, we're always focused on the outcome and it's always like medals and performance and um, I was actually having a, a conversation with Dan because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and he said to me, like, when you're on Dance on an Ice, obviously you hit an audience that norm, like a lot of the public got to see that the Paralympics doesn't necessarily reach. And he said, and, you know, you inspired so many people. And I remember getting thousands of messages from people. And he said, you know, they're the people that you know about, that you've inspired but what about all the people that you don't know about that you've just, by being you, they've got out of bed and like done something with themselves or, you know, achieved something, you know, new, whether it was small or big, you know, you might've given people the confidence to do new things and, you know, to be themselves and you, and, you know, think about those people. I was like, Oh gosh, you're making me feel really bad. (laughs) I didn't think about those people. And I thought, you know what, like, just me getting on the track if that inspires one person to better themselves in any way whatsoever big or small it's worth me doing it so yeah that's why I'm here fantastic well well said Dan I mean Dan's your partner who's also at the games you've got a real family out there you mentioned your brother too how's it feel like having the three of you out there it's really amazing actually it feels um really special for all three of us to be here obviously I was with my brother in Rio and he 
was with me there. And then previous to that, James was obviously with me in London. Um, but, you know, having Dan there and for Edward as well, having both his parents there and saying that we're both here to compete, I think is extra special, really. And it's something that I'll always cherish. I'm just a bit gutted that he's not here, <laughs> but I would have been bringing him on that flight. So <laughs> I know a few people that aren't there. Edward, your young son, who's two years old, is he now? Um, yeah, where, he's he? two. Yeah, he's he's with my my parents so he's going between my mum's and my dad's house and my sister's giving giving them a hand as well because let's face it a two and a half year old is quite full-on so yeah. um they're supporting each other um well supporting each other and massively supporting myself and Dan by, by <laughs> having him for us while we're out here so yeah we're, we're really lucky that they're uh, they're happy to have him I mean they, they get to do all the fun stuff <laughs> yeah what about Hattie then that the guide dog is obviously at home because it's been a challenging time for yourself during COVID and, and people are blind or partially sighted with social distancing and stuff like that and I should imagine that Hattie's played a crucial role and now you're you're going to a country where there's social distancing again at a games <laughs> where there's social distancing and you don't have your guide dog around you no so Hattie um Hattie's at home she's having a bit of a break and a bit of holiday so whenever I go away I do try and not take her with me onto camps like this just because it is a bit of a break for her um obviously out here in the holding camp we are literally isolated to the hotel and the track so it would be really unfair for me to have brought her out here she wouldn't be able to you know go in the grass or go for a walk or anything like that because we we are literally in the hotel um so in the holding camp, I'm actually pretty fine. I've learned to navigate my way around the whole hotel, the areas that we need to, to know. So I've got a really good memory. It's like a bit of a map, so I know exactly where everything is. And because we're in the holding camp, there's not very many variables. There's a few people, but it's quite quiet because we're not able to socialise as much as normal. I don't necessarily have the same issues that I would face normally at a holding camp. And also my teammates are amazing. They're super respectful and know that I can't see, so they get, they get out of my way for me. Um, going into the village, um, it's going to be a bit more tricky. Um, thankfully, obviously, my guide runner, Chris, he doesn't just run with me on the track. He then has to guide me in the village as well. And um, he will be taking me for all my meals and, you know, taking me to the track kind of I feel so I've stuck for a few weeks, even if he doesn't want to be near me. He's um, he's going to have to put up with me a bit more than normal. Um, so that's I really appreciate that support that he gives me. In addition to obviously running with me, it's it's really helpful. But you know, having a guide with me out, especially in the village when you've got lots of different countries and people with a lot of different different disabilities all in one space, it can be a bit of a free for all. So having Chris there to sort of literally guide me through that is going to be um, crucial really i'll look after him treat him well won't you yeah i do <laughs> love him to bits <laughs> thanks for being so revealing i mean it's been an amazing journey that you've had and phenomenal last few weeks great that you're out there and you look and sound in great form so i hope you can bring that to the track yeah i'm you know what i'm so relaxed and content I'm, honestly I'm, it's very strange being in this position because I've never felt this way before <laughs> at Paralympics, but I feel, I feel really good. Brilliant. Libby, great to talk to you. Great to see you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mark. Cheers for that. A really interesting way to finish the series. Libby Clegg with a glimpse of how tough the last year or so has been for some in the sports world. Well, that's it. I'm going to try and do some reruns in the next week or so. But thanks for listening to Destination Tokyo. 
thanks to the hundred or so athletes who've happily chatted and thanks to those of you who've made donations to Maggie's Cancer Centres. Enjoy the games and I'll be back with something different soon. Thanks again. Bye bye.